Lean forward slightly. Look straight at the speaker. And listen with a sparkle in your eye. As though you might be thinking, gee, this is the most wonderful thing I've ever heard in all my life. Straight out of the burbs of L.A., this is So I Married a Movie Geek. Welcome to an action-packed episode of So I Married a Movie Geek. Chrissy McQueen here. Not at all a normal action girl, but excited to be doing this action podcast for you with Justin Winters. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Dial it down a little bit there. I don't know. I didn't want to tell you. It's just all the action and all the booze that collide. That half a beer. Hey, I'm a lightweight these days. Holy cow. Justin was like, guess what we're going to do? Action August. And I was like, wait, for real? Like, we're going to have a whole month's worth of action movies? And right before we went on to to podcast today, he, he kind of backpedaled on that. I was like, so Action August? Yeah. And he's like, uh, I mean, I don't know. It doesn't matter. No, no. You're like, do we have to call it Action August? <laughs> I mean, do I have to? I, I mean, it's fine if you want to, because we did watch two very, very action-oriented movies. I will tell you, one of them, I said, I don't think there are enough explosions in this movie. Both of them, multi-explosions. You True. would say that there's a plethora of explosions there, in both movies. <laughs> there was a plethora of explosions in both movies. Yeah. Uh, obviously, one more than the other. But for your listening pleasure, this week we watched Con Air, not to be confused with the curling irons, and Roadhouse. Amazing. Uh, amazing. And of course, to go with the theme of the entire podcast, Chrissy had never seen either of these movies before. Nope. I'd heard of Con Air, and I knew. I remember when it came out in 1997. I was really knee-deep in Leonardo DiCaprio movies at the time, so there just wasn't enough room on my plate. Also, I had this sort of weird teenage elitist thing going on where I would look at movies like that and be like, ugh, who watches this? This is like schlock. And now do you know what you need? <laughs> what? You need a time machine. So you can go back to 1997 and tell... Yes. 14-year-old? Uh, yeah, 14. 14-year-old Chrissy? Yeah. Hey, 15, somewhere around there. You need to watch this movie called Con Air because it's bonkers. <laughs> I am a, I'm a It'll little... change your life. Heavy on the little. A little bit more mature nowadays and am able to enjoy it in a way I would have not enjoyed it when I was 14 or 15 years old. Okay. Roadhouse, on the other hand, I'd never even heard of. When you were like, we're going to watch Roadhouse, I'm like, is this another 80s movie? Also bonkers and amazing. You know what? I was thinking about it. Both of these movies, this is the best double feature for me that we've done in a long time. I agree with you. Definitely since the reboot. So. Yeah, I don't know if this is the best double feature podcast that we're going to do. No, no, no. I'm like, seen. no, the best two <laughs> movies together, like in an episode in a while. I agree with you. Like both of these movies, like touch, literally touch my heart. Oh my god, you're gonna have to explain <laughs> so, yourself. They're so special to me. Why? <laughs> oh, these they've provided me a lifetime of joy. <laughs> I've seen them several times, both of them. So when you are like all notebooked out and you're like on your deathbed, and we're like. Justin, what brought you joy throughout your life? You're going to be like, Con Air, Roadhouse. Yes. Those are the only two things. Those are the only words I'm ever going to say. Just want to meet Nick Cage just, before I die. Just put me in a wheelchair and just wheel me in front of a TV and just play these on repeat. Uh, you know, 
so when, back and forth. So when your own little, when you're in your own private little dementia hell, I'll be sure to play these movies. <laughs> Thank you. Maybe this is the secret to curing Alzheimer's. They think they've got this it. This is the key. But, but I think they're wrong. I think this is it. Well, couldn't hurt. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> so I agree with you. This is probably the best double feature that we've seen in a long while. As we said on the last couple episodes, there were times where I would look at you and I'm like, was this supposed to be a good movie, Justin? Or like, why did you want me to watch this? I never thought that with either movie this time. No, I'm like, I doubled I down it. on this one. I'm like, we're watching Con Air and Roadhouse. <laughs> like dropped like dropped our keys in front of you. <laughs> like the mic. <laughs> Let's do it. We're, we're on it. And, we, and we're going to love it. So let's talk about Con Air, Chrissy. Yes. Came out in 1997. It, um, Nicolas Cage. It was the only movie on the, um, on the, the Twitter thingy. What is it? The poll that I had not seen of the, of the three Nick Cage movies. Oh yeah, that's right. Can we talk so what, what, on our Twitter page we did, uh, what's your favorite movie amongst the, Nicholas Cage, the the Cage the three movies of that he did in a row, which were um, Face Off, The Rock, and Con Air. Yes, which is an amazing trio of movies to do in a row if you're an actor. Basically, true. He basically he won a he won an Oscar with Leaving Las Vegas, and then I'm sure he was like talking to his agent. He's like, "Okay, these are the three movies I want to do." And he like laid down the three scripts, and his agent's like, "What?" And Nick Cage is like, "I just made it." He just he puts his Oscar down, and he. You think? He I feel it, like it would be the other way around. I feel like Nick Cage would probably be like, "I want to do these weird alternative avant garde movies that nobody's ever heard of." His agent's like, "Hell no! You're gonna do these action movies and make a million bucks. You ready? Let's do it." And then he put down the Oscar. Boom. Maybe it's a mix of the two. <laughs> yeah, we'll never know. Um, but yeah, we did, we did a poll on our on Twitter, uh, our Twitter at Movie Geek Cast. If you're not currently following us, you probably should. We have over a thousand followers. So Face <laughs> Off is amazing. It's it's my favorite. It's I love it's by Face far Off. my favorite. I of three. effing love Face Off. <laughs> face Off. I think that was one of that was one of the movies when we first met that I was just listing off movies I love, and you're like, I love Face Off too, and I was like, I love you. <laughs> Are we married yet? Are the babies on the way? They were, they were, they were in the oven. It, was, it wasn't quite time. But Face Off is just a like an amazing, crazy. It is a, a how does crazy it exist? Circus movie. That's one of those movies that no matter what uh, year it is, no matter how old I get. It comes on TV and I will stop what I'm doing to watch it in the background. I'm like, oh, we could watch the news or I could watch the uh, face off is on. Drop the remote. Well, always face <laughs> off over the news, Chrissy. Come on. I actually like the news. More than face off? No. I, hence why I said I will watch face off when it comes on. Like I stop what I'm doing. So there's face off. Then there's The Rock, which we watched. We did watch The Rock. We watched together. Yes. What you, Comparison. I prefer Let's get his face off. Yeah. So we did a so we did a poll on the Twitter page. We asked important so favorite 1996-1997 Nick Cage movie. And the winner with 39% was Face Off. Second place 32% was The Rock and last place 29% was Con Air. So it was pretty close. <laughs> All right. So 29% of you are really happy right now <laughs> that we chose Con Air. As the movie that we were going to be reviewing today. I, like I said, I'm not lying or just like bullshitting when I say those three movies are amazing. 
and outright just your individually. Life. And then the fact that he did them all three in a row is like crazy. It's kismet. It's crazy. It's true. So, so Con Air, um, why, I mean, out of all, if you knew you wanted to do Action August, did you just think Nick Cage? Like, it has to be a Nick Cage movie, or was there a specific reason? Well, I knew I knew we'd done a couple of Nick Cage movies before, and we have a, a fond love of of the Cage. So, I was trying to think of one we hadn't seen before. So, and this is a a prime like you don't want to not see Con Air. I so. need your help with something before I forget. What? Okay, Nick Cage's accent in this movie is clearly he's he's from Alabama. His character is from Alabama, but it reminds me of something else. What? Oh gosh, it, it's escaping my brain. I need your help. He's almost Forrest Gump, basically. <laughs> I thought of Forrest Gump, but no. But there's even more. There's something where it says it's oh it's it, oh gosh, you know what he is? What? He's like Southern Flight of the Concords. It's very important. That does not sound Southern. <laughs> Was that a Southern accent? No. Help. Uh, and obviously, I'm from the South, so someone to come out with this movie. And apparently, I mean, I don't know if this is true, but it was his idea to make him from the South. No. Nicholas Cage's idea. By the way. <laughs> He's going to be from Alabama. It's a laughable accent, but, you know. Can you, since works. you're Southern, can you regale me with an imitation of Nick Cage's accent in Con Air? Do it. Do it. Do it. Um, come on! Hold on! No, stop looking! I want I, you to do it. I don't. I don't know all the lines. Pick a line. He's like, uh, "Put the bunny back in the basket." <laughs> <laughs> That's actually pretty good. <laughs> I wasn't it? sure if you would hit it out of the park or no, not. No, not the basket. What am I saying? The box. <laughs> Put the bunny back in the box. <laughs> i've got to get back to my girl she's been she's been asking for her daddy for a long long time you're right it's not just the accent it's the cadence i don't know so with a movie like this with a movie called con air that's an action movie with with nicholas cage um balls to the wall like kooky action you have to start strong and this movie i think has one of the most hilarious like setup slash like montages in any action movie I've ever seen. Nobody puts Monica Chrissy, Potter in a corner. I, I know, Chrissy. <laughs> With the fight and then the prison stuff, Chrissy looks at me and she's like, okay, I'm on board. <laughs> I know. Okay, I know. I'm on board with this. It was pretty instant. Like one minute he's like with Monica Par- Potter dancing in a bar and she's like, hey, you're better than that. Don't go back to the dark place. <laughs> he's like, Okay. And then he like keeps dancing, and then afterward, all of a sudden, he's just like. That's see, both Con Air and Roadhouse have main characters who don't want to go back to their dark places. No, they mean well. You do not want to make them go to their dark places. No, exactly. And so at the beginning of Con Air, for okay, he comes back from. Uh, he's honorably discharged. Mm-hmm. He's a ranger, and his wife is works in a bar. And he, she's like eight weeks pregnant. Takes this like dinghy apparently to come see her, and he's like, "I'm back." But she's how how pregnant? Like eight weeks, like she's really like, early pregnant. She's like not showing, right? And when's the last time they saw each other? Eight weeks. Oh, ago? oh wait, oh, are you suddenly questioning Nick Cage's paternity here after all of this? I've never done some deep research into this movie, but after watching it for the first time in several years, I'm like, wait a second, wait a second, how is she 
barely pregnant. I, I got to see my Trisha and find out whether <laughs> no, that's a serious question. Whether How? the baby is mine. How? <laughs> I I don't know. I don't Was know. Was he just like there conjugal like eight visits? weeks ago? Did they have conjugal visits? Like eight weeks ago? I mean, maybe you could look for the sign in, sign out sheet that they kept on the base. Okay. I guess that's possible. There's a conjugal like, visit at the base. Here I am. But the way they come, the way they meet each other, I'm like, oh, they haven't seen each other in a while. And then she's like, I'm pregnant. He's like kissing her, barely their stomach. Yeah. And you're like, wait a second. Is this come some kind of Maury Povich situation going here? Exactly. <laughs> so not the they dance. Uh, apparently, there's some dudes in this bar who are the have it out worst of the worst. Maybe like, I'm from the South, and I've never seen Southern gentlemen be so anti-military. Uh, they are vociferously against Nick Cage, which makes me wonder now, based on what you just said, if perhaps they had relations with Monica Potter, and they're like, fuck this guy coming <gasps> in, trying to pretend like this Breaking it wide his. open, Chris. I just broke the case. Holy crap. I know. It's right? like it's like making a murderer basically in here. It is making a murderer. I am I am You're like changing lives. I'm better than Larkin. Okay, <laughs> just want to put that out there. So I was, I was so I guess there there could have been a conjugal visit eight weeks ago, but they did seem like they had not seen each other in a long time. But sure. she's pregnant. He he goes to that dark place. He gets seven to ten years. Yeah, he had, he got a pretty low, and he got a plea deal for that too. They were like, "Don't plead guilty." He's like, "But I did not do it." And they were like, no, seriously, you need to take a plea deal. Otherwise, you're going to be there for like 10 years. And he was like, all right. And he did it. And then sure enough, he got 7 to 10 anyway because he's a deadly weapon. Like, what happened? Well, like, what the, universe is this movie Well, I think in? that's what happens with um, military personnel. And it happens with um, MMA fighters, believe it or not, too. If they commit crimes and use their hands, their hands are considered deadly weapons, believe it or not. And they're charged uh, as such. This dude had just been honorably discharged. He was seeing his pregnant wife for the first time in God knows how long. These guys, you know, attacked him. One of the guys had a knife. Mm-hmm. He was protecting himself and his wife. Yes. And he gets seven to ten years for that? Because he's like a deadly weapon, clearly. That's beat up. I, it is beat up. So, all, all, like, you're already on his team at the beginning of the movie because you're like, Fuck this. This guy, like, mm-hmm. he doesn't deserve this. It's part of the system. Smash cut. He's in prison, like, doing origami. And there's... Dear a- Trisha, <laughs> I love you so much. Here is a present. I'm growing my hair long just for you. So when we see each other... It will be pretty. Guess who's in the cell next to me? Bubba from Forrest Gump. <laughs> I gave him some ding-dongs, even though he's a diabetic. I was just going to say, but he is diabetic. <laughs> You cannot have those ding dongs or those yo yo's. <laughs> yo yo's is that a thing? <laughs> My favorite in the montage is that it seems to be this huge riot with like fire, like fire everywhere, and he's go. just and he's just like laying down on his cot, like with his hand over his ears. Oh, yeah, I'm like I remember looking at you and I go, "Is this real life? Like, is this how prison works?" Remind me not to go. He wanted to be on the straight and narrow because he, I, I got to get back to my, my wife and my, my daughter who no, I've never seen before. Let me ask you this. Oh, please. Put yourself in his shoes. Okay. You have this daughter who is growing up you're, and you're missing out on her life. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you want to be have visits? 
I, I was because that comes up later. He's like, I didn't want her to see. I didn't want her to see me amongst all the murderers and all this stuff. It's like whatever. I was dude. really surprised about that. Like, in fact, as he they were writing letters back and forth, I don't know. There was something very Green Mile esque about it to me. I don't know why, but I was like, it's like the Green Mile. Like, it's so like you want to you want to write like a come. letter a day and like all this stuff, and but still not have her come visit at least like a couple times. Oh, like, it doesn't make sense, especially when people are like, "What do you mean you've never even met?" He's like. I don't want her to have memories of me with the murderers. And I'm like, okay, so then why didn't you ever come like as a baby before she, she, they don't remember crap until they're like three. Like you could have had two or three good years and then said, okay, honey, you're approaching memory now. So we got to say bye-bye for a few years. I've got your pictures all over my wall. And it's not creepy. Not even a little bit. I don't know. I was like, dude could at least, you know, taken a visit like at Christmas or something foreshadowing it kind of would have softened that first meeting at the end of the movie a little bit yeah that by the way that i'm sorry i can't we have to fast forward for just a second (laughs) i i don't understand how the entire premise of him not having her meet him ahead of time was like i don't want to see her me that way you know with the murderers and the perverts and all the bad people and at the end he basically walks from like a fiery inferno and he's been like beaten up he's got bloodied parts of his face and his body his hair looks like it hasn't been washed in maybe six months and he's like hello daughter it's so good to meet you i'm your daddy and i'm like is this real life he had a bunny chris oh yeah had a bunny i forgot the bunny (laughs) she looked legitimately frightened by him well with good reason like it could have been michael myers that could have walked up and said (laughs) i'm here I'm your father. I'm going to murder you now. And she would have been less frightened than she was with this homeless looking man with a mullet who looked like he went through a hurricane. Monica Potter was of no help. She's like, hey, sweetie, this is your daddy. And I'm like, for the love of God, mom, like get it together. You know what? I like Monica Potter as an actress, but I feel like in everything that I see her in, she's marginalized. Like her role is marginalized. Or her character is just totally beaten up. Like she's perpetually Christina in Parenthood. Like in everything she's cancer in Parenthood. I know. She was was murdered by a crazy person in Patch Adams. In this movie, her you know, her husband's jailed for Several years. She's wronged in everything she does. But she sticks by him. Maybe she has this sort of sweet vulnerability about her that makes casting directors cast her in these roles. Uh, She deserves a break. She does. Bigger. You hear that, Christina from Parenthood? We're we're backing you. What are we talking about? I don't know. We got off track. You know what? I got so many notes, but literally they make no sense. You literally took like... We have these little... They're not quite post-its. They're like kind of like little long... mini pads and he took three pages of notes and i was like can i see your notes he's like no so i'm dying to know what's on these note pages which well, is things that like if we'd never talked about titanic on on the show before you're like i want to make sure i talk about true but like titanic is like my number one are you saying con air i know we already know if you're if you have all z's we're wheeling this in the room on on vhs but just to make sure like is this in your top no I'm not movies that, but i want to remember stuff Anyway, Con Air. Yes. So what did you like about the movie? Not like about the movie? The Char- actors. Characters. You like the actors. I, I knew that obviously Nick Cage was in it, but I had no idea. Always good. 
Always good. Solid. Well, Don't have to worry about him. I, I'm doing my hand in a little bit of like this, Don't like do that your motion. hand like a little thing like that. A little, what are you this, doing? That. Like, what do you mean Nick Cage is always We're good? We're in the Nick Cage fan club. I am in his fan club. Tell me like, a movie that you haven't liked Nick Cage in. The one where he gets peed in the face. That sounds terrible. I don't remember what that one is. Which one is that? He's a dad. If he's a dad, full disclosure, it's a baby. Okay. I was like, Jesus Christ. I don't remember that one. The Shiza. They pooped in his mouth and peed in his face. It's my... I literally just had a vision. Family man? Of him, was that yeah, family man? him changing into everything and peeing in the uh, face, and that was the only thing I okay. could say. Yeah. That one was kind of like, I can't remember that much about it, so I guess it wasn't that <laughs> good. in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Who else did you like? <laughs> well, first of all, I didn't know that so many of these actors were in it because I never paid attention to this movie when it came out. So, like, John Cusack came up in the opening credits. I'm like, John Cusack is in this? I'm on board. And then later on, um, John Malkovich. John Malkovich is one of those actors, by the way, that I never, ever remember in terms of face to name for some reason. Like, I see his name, and I go, oh, it's John Malkovich, that very important actor. And then I see him, and I go, this guy's really good. Who is this? And you're like, that's John Malkovich. And I go, oh, now it makes sense. So I do that almost every time I see him. So anyway, I was happy he was in it. Um, As quippy, the... The leader of the, the, the cons. Cyrus? Yeah, total quips. He's everywhere with the quips, the yeah, fun I like that retorts and stuff. I'm all about that. Uh, you're all about he fun could retorts have been, and quips. If Gilmore Girls had a con man on it who murdered people, it could have been this guy with the banter. That sounds, I mean, I didn't see Gilmore Girls, but that sounds great. Add John Malkovich to anything as, a, <laughs> as a, some kind of murder killer, and I'm, I'm on board. So clearly, you need to catch up on Gilmore Girls, and then imagine it now with John Malkovich. I know I've got so much to catch up on. I know you do. Okay, Thanks soon though. John, so you're just listing off people that you like. Okay. Oh no! Well, you you asked me a lot of dudes, a lot of dudes in this movie. A lot of dudes, but I was also happily surprised to see Monica Potter in it. Like we just discussed, I was happy she was in. It. I was like Monica Potter. I know you. Yeah, but she and John Cusack throughout the movie are like the people that like are. On, on the phone or looking at blips on a screen right. or looking at a map. And so now here's the, like the, that's, that's the person I don't want to be if I'm an actor. I'm like, put exactly. me on the crazy, I want on the crazy plane. So that's, so that's okay. Now you've just you ripped the bandaid off on my next point, <gasps> which is I love John Cusack with all my heart. He can do no wrong. And yet in this movie, like I wanted so much better for John Cusack than to be relegated to the, he wasn't a DEA agent. Like, I'm not sure. He was a mar- U.S. Marshal. Thank you. He was a Marshal who was, I don't know. I I would have loved to see him on the crazy train, frankly. So two things about that. So yes. I think it's it's crazy that um, number one, there's there's since this movie was made, there's been all these rumors that John Cusack hated this movie, hated doing it, and the only reason he did it was for the money that he could, you know, one for me, one for one for them, one for me. Sure, it's sure, definitely sure, a yeah. one for them. Yeah. And then it came out. He's like, no, I didn't hate it. I would love to do a sequel. Blah blah blah. So um, I thought it was funny. And, and then you watch him in the movie after hearing that, you're like, okay, maybe. Maybe he wasn't enjoying maybe himself. He wasn't. <laughs> so, yeah. And then the second thing about this movie is Danny Trejo is in this movie. Yes. He's the, he's the badass um, guy who raped all John the women. John 23. Raped all the women and then got tattoos of them. Yeah, 23 Which is, if you, <laughs> if you want to be a raper on the down low, don't get tattoos to correspond with each rape. 
probably not a good choice um, in general, raping or tattoos. But he did an interview, Danny Trejo did uh, uh, like a few years ago, where someone asked him, like, who do you think is like the craziest person in Hollywood? Who, who you were in prison? Like he used to be in prison. He's been in prison before. Oh, he actually has Danny Trejo. So like, but you're like hard ass. You're badass. Who do you think is like one of the most badass people that you won't wouldn't want to get into a fight with in Hollywood? You want to guess who he picked? I'm guessing due to the setup that's John Cusack. John Cusack. Shut your. He's face. like he is crazy. Like behind his eyes, he's like a crazy man. I'm like holy shit, John Cusack. That's Danny Trejo. Me. You mean serendipity, John Cusack? Exactly. Lloyd Dobler? <laughs> what? Apparently he's crazy sauce. Who knew? Um, I mean, Joan is probably crazy sauce. So I guess the apple and the other apple. It's been an interesting the family to be in. Yeah. Um, what else you got? What else you got? Well, I was going to make a point, but I didn't want to interrupt you. Go ahead. Okay. So I just think it's interesting in general, the premise that anybody in their right mind in the United States government would think it wise to put apparently however many there were 12, 16 of them of the most hardened, most America's most wanted, most notorious criminals that we have in the system on a plane together. Don't you spread that shit out a little bit? The the whole premise is totally crazy. (laughs) Like apparently that, you know, something like this existed at the time. I don't know if it still exists. I assume it has to if they got to get people somewhere. I see the buses. They take a bus or train. I never see planes of of that nature. Well, the thing is they put like the heart, like the hardest of the hard on this plane and they still have less people than like if we like fly to North Carolina on Delta, like on the plane. (laughs) I'm like, shouldn't you like add a couple, just a couple. We have a few more flight attendants than they did. Or fly attendants. Like, also, and the crazy like contraptions that they had to house the craziest of the crazy. I'm like, that takes up like 17 seats. What are you doing with Steve Buscemi? <laughs> like, that's never going to work. And so, and not only that, when you watch it, you're like, how many of these flights have there already been? Because they put these guys on this flight, and within 10 minutes of the flight started, they're already like almost they're taking over the, the plane. Yeah, you're like, holy shit, they really don't have some kind of. Defense good on system. this plane nope. for keeping this from happening. Nope, their systems failed them totally. But that was my my first and, and most primary concern with this whole thing. Started. I'm like, so let me get this straight. You're getting like the worst criminals in the history of the planet, and you're putting them all on one plane together, like kumbaya, and saying it'll be great. Uh... And are like. Uh, it seems like they would they just have like regular seat belts or something. Yes. Well, like I said, some of them had those weird sort of cage things where I'm like, oh, Cyrus was all locked up, and then some of yeah, them. Yeah, Steve Mashumi gets like the Silence of the Lambs like treatment <laughs> on, like, on the side of the plane, but you know, Nicholas Cage has like less seatbelt than our totally our kids. And it, yeah, and it, he right, our, our kids are a little more <laughs> impacted in their seats. Um, and it even had like this name, the Jailbird. I'm like, so they're not even like apologizing for it. They're not even like doing this surreptitiously where they're like, okay, well, if we have to move all the cons, like, let, like let's be obsequious. Let's like put them all on a plane together where nobody knows. No, they're like, this is the fucking jailbird and here's like 12 of the worst people on the planet. You ready? Let's do this. And you're like, okay, they're they're leaving from here. Where are they going? Like Nevada, throughout, throughout all I'm places. Like, I, I haven't seen this forever. I'm trying to figure out, okay, where are they at now? Where are they going? This makes no like. Are they on some kind of convoluted U, like U.S. map that some four year old drew of, of you? I don't know where they are. <laughs> um, okay, imagine that. So 
uh, flying sucks, and it's gotten worse with, with with airlines like Spirit. Ugh. Pretty much nickel and like if you want to lean back, you have to pay five dollars. Yeah, good chair. luck. Uh, what if Con Air was actually like the lowest of the low? Like, okay, so so it's you and all these you cons? pay. So if we want to go to New York City, you got to pay twenty dollars, but you have to get on the plane with a bunch of. <laughs> They have lethal to, thugs. Yeah, lethal th- the the lowest of the low who you also had me need to go to twenty dollars. <laughs> no seat belts for anyone. Nope. <laughs> There's this guy that's raped a ton of women and got a bunch of tattoos, but he'll be in the back. <laughs> <laughs> you won't even have to look at him. Not not a snack on board. What do you think? Con, please fly the, the the friendliest guys of Con Air. Chrissy. The, the not so friendly skies. <laughs> There'll the, be very little the um, shankable skies. Yeah, <laughs> flight attendants will be minimal because <laughs> you know. Yeah, because that's not going to happen. <laughs> no guns. No, except for in the belly not, of the plane. Unless you're a, an, a, a horrible DE agent. By the way, the minute they put that that gun on the DE agent who like was basically planted onto the plane i feel like both of the de agents <sighs> in this movie were on drugs i thought they were too like the guy that got on the plane i'm like okay he's on drugs because he is totally stupid yeah and then the guy cole Meany plays the other other guy Malloy or something huh Malloy. yeah yeah it's john cusick and this other guy yeah, yeah and yeah. you're just like the whole the whole movie he's like getting amped up and angry and angry and i'm just like Somebody needs to calm down Cole Meany. He is... I was like, where... He's up to 11. Where's this guy's Ritalin? He needs, he needs to tone it down. He needs a dose of Ritalin. Tone like it right down. Right now. Yeah, completely. I'm with you. So that when they put the gun on 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 douchebag DEA, and then he gets on board, and the minute, the minute that he sits down, I'm like, why is... Oh, this is a bad choice. This is a bad choice. And sure enough, like Dave Chappelle starts causing a riot and everything, and I'm like, oh, it's a matter of time before this gun becomes the center stage problem of why... Well, he's all coked out. He should have waited a little while. I think he like pulled out the gun way too soon. He needs to like... He needs to sit and settle and see what was going on before he's like, oh... I've yeah. got a gun. Yeah. And then I'm I'm surrounded by all these crazy people who don't have seatbelts. He also didn't have the cojones to back up his little assertion of like, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna take control of the situation. I'm going to do it. And I'm like, you are going down, bro. <laughs> you are not going to do this. What a waste. Yep. And Cyrus was basically on my side. And he's like, yeah, no. You're so Chrissy loves the actors in this movie. And love them. I like them a lot, yeah. No, I'm like, what did you like about the movie? You're like, actors i do i i think they gave very strong performances even steve buscemi is limited though he was in his role you like steve buscemi? i do like steve buscemi I, I like steve buscemi in pretty much everything he does he's a great character actor but anyway um i actually embrace the ludicrousness of this movie so if we're talking about things that i enjoyed that's one of them i enjoyed how ludicrous it was both in its premise and its execution <laughs> in the crazy shit that happens along the way um personally it was probably a little too explosion happy you can never have too many explosions see and this is the where we part company (laughs) like after a while that's what that's what i meant when i said to you i'm like there's a lot of explosions in the movie like it basically just got to a point where it was like and another one and then two seconds later another explosion and i'm like okay now what's happening like where's steve buscemi (laughs) i need more witty banter from cyrus Give me my witty banter, Gilmore girl. My thing is, like, why was Nick Cage on this plane in the first place? Well, he shouldn't have been. He was hitching a ride home. 
on the worst possible plane he could basically well i have a feeling his his options were somewhat limited i think when they were like are you ready for parole he's like yes honey i I didn't i didn't have a lot of options in terms of transportation to get home to you (laughs) i could have ridden on delta but they said the flight was full (laughs) i could not do standby I'm just saying. I think he didn't have many options, so this was probably something that was brought up to him, and he went, okay. You know what I don't like about this movie? What? This movie has the most annoying score ever. I didn't really notice. Ever. It has... (laughs) Only thing I can explain it for is, and people will know, um, the... This is this doesn't happen as much in Top Gun, but in Top Gun, you know when the planes are like getting ready to go, and they're like, like that guitar solo type thing. The the guitar comes out several times throughout this movie, and you're just like, this does not work. It's either the guitar solo or like, oh, the part. Yeah, I know what you're talking about with that part. The da 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 does. It's too much. Yeah, it was too much. Didn't did, work. Did, did, too much. Did, I'm trying did, to does. think of negatives. Listen, listen to us being all like negative Nancy octogenarians, by the way. All the did, 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 and all the explosions, and it was just too much for our sensitive souls. Old man yells at cloud. <laughs> um, more notes. You keep Is there anything those that notes. you didn't care for? Didn't like. Like I said, for me, as it ramped up towards the end and it just became explosion after explosion after explosion after, you know, chase after whatever. Um, I I actually liked the first two thirds of the movie more because it was building up to a certain. You were awake during the first two thirds. Well, no, no, that. Well, that's, I think, a part of it. I was awake because I was interested. It was building up to a certain place where you're like, what's going to happen? Are they going to get away? Like, who's going to get, you know, who's going to get caught? Who's not going to make it? Who? All of that sort of stuff. But then as it reached the crescendo of explosion mania, it became almost like a monster truck rally where like, I, I know what happens now. Everyone just kind of explodes and chases and dies and like. That's when I got more tired. <laughs> so in this, so in this movie, uh, one of the reasons that Nicolas Cage's character didn't want to leave the plane a couple times when he had the chance, right, is a there was a woman on board. Yes, and she was going to be raped by Johnny Twenty Three. Oh, he was like like re- faux show. He was ready, R T R, ready to rape her. Oof. He like already had the tattoo artist there on board. <laughs> okay, you stand here. <laughs> you be ready. And uh, Michael T. Wilson, who, who played Bubba in Forrest oh, Gump, okay. is it bad to feel bad for him? Because in that movie, he died like very badly and sadly. And then Probably. this movie, it's like a slow, sad, like he's diabetic who's lost all his medicine. Oh, I know. He's sweating. He can't get up from his chair. Yeah. They get to Carson City and he's he like, I'm, shot. I'm going to find your insulin, Bubba. <laughs> Oh my God! Imagine if Forrest Gump was in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that I was going to be on this plane. <laughs> <laughs> this works as a Forrest Gump sequel. <laughs> Imagine that. Forrest Gump was always like winding up in a place where he wasn't supposed to be. They just told me I could get a ride home to gr- to Green Greenville or whatever he's from. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I'm sorry, Cyrus. The virus. That woman tastes like cigarettes. <laughs> so, 
why did they call you the virus? Do you have an illness? Are you sick? I would kill to see Con Air too, <laughs> Forrest Gump. I think that I feel like we can't be the first people in the world who have said like there should there isn't some however relation. I've never thought of it till now. Just because oh, it's sad about. Uh, we got to Google this Forrest Gump Con Air mashup. Go. Well, that's funny. Of course, like always, I'm obsessed with IMDb, and I found a, a few funny things about Con Air. On okay. First of all, us, this was director Simon West's first film. But before this, guess what else he directed? What? The music video for Never Gonna Give You He's up. Rick Roll Guy? Never Gonna Sip You. That, not, he's not the... He directed that video. Right. No, I know he's not actually like the guy. <laughs> but I'm saying like he's the one who what if it, <laughs> incepted Rick Roll. Rick Astley directed this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Like John Cusack is looking to him for direction. He's like, never going to give you help. Never going to let. He's just rickrolling throughout the movie. So basically it's Melania Trump's speech just set to Con Air. (laughs) 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 Current events. (laughs) You know that there's a Con Air curse apparently. What is the Con Air curse? So there was a death during the the, uh, film of this movie. A welder died when I guess was a large model of the plane fell on him and he died one death and then in 2010 the i guess whoever one of the people who had bought the plane from the movie um flied it uh, flied it flew, flew it, it into an alaskan <laughs> mountain real good flew it into an alaskan mountain three people died con air curse oh that's a bummer Never gonna give you up. Never gonna let you down. Such good directing work, Rick Astley. <laughs> this movie was nominated for two Oscars. Oh my god, it was best song. Shut up. How, how do I? How sing? do I live without you? Best song and and sound. Know. You want to be able to hear all these explosions, you know, crisply. How do I breathe? Lost both to Titanic. <laughs> Sucker. <laughs> That's like a personal win for Chrissy. And so I guess we want it to be Con Air 2 um, starring Forrest Gump. But someone asked the director in 2014 and he said he would be up for a sequel if, quote, it was completely turned on its head. Con Air in space. Shut up. Con Air in space. No. For example. He says that, but for example, a studio version where they're all robots or the convicts are reanimated as super convicts or where the good guys are bad guys and the bad guys are good guys. Something shocking, he says. All right. Well, you you didn't have me on board to the last one. I'm I'm down for Con Air in space. You're dead for Con Air in space? Yes. I like the last one where the good guys become the bad guys. Because then that gives John Cusack a chance to shine. Wait, which one? Where the good guys become the bad guys. You named that as one of the things. So you're gonna have John Cusack be the bad guy? Yes, finally. Really? Yes. He's just he's pissed off. He's he, done. He's done. He's done. He never got over that douchebag DEA agent. He's tired. He's tired of Rick Astley and his Rick rolling ways. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm going to assassinate him. He's gonna become his true, crazy, authentic self. Yeehaw! <laughs> what? I don't know. It needed a yeehaw. I became Howard Dean for a second. I don't know what happened. Yeah! Imagine you're in Las Vegas. <laughs> okay. Um, you're having a great night out with your love. 
out on the town. You're walking down Las Vegas Boulevard or whatever, and you look up, and there's a gigantic Con Air plane descending upon your face. Um, I'd be a little bit frightened if any plane were descending on my face while walking a street of any kind, not even in Las Vegas. You know there's lots of drinking in Las Vegas, so you'll probably not notice until at the very last moment that you're about to be uh, landed Engulfed? Engulfed. Awesome. That was a pretty crazy scene. Yeah, it was. My question is... Isn't the Las Vegas airport like pretty much catty to Las Vegas Boulevard? I was gonna say it's not like right there. It it's it's close, but it's not like right there. McLaren. I think MC Gainey, McCarran, McCarran. MC Gainey could have, you know, tried to land it. <laughs> yeah. Not really. only that, it's like Las Vegas Boulevard and then on all sides is like desert land. You would think the desert wasteland would be a better no, landing zone. Not as spectacular. A boulevard in front of whatever no. it was, Monte Carlo. Oh, well. I don't know. Pick guess, a casino, any casino. I guess casino. they weren't thinking it through. Nope. They weren't thinking a lot of things through. <laughs> Con Air, not very subtle. No. <laughs> Con Air, thinking things through. Some of the time, all the time. <laughs> uh, favorite scene, Chrissy, go. Oh, geez. Um, the okay. Don't think too hard. I'm not. I got it. Don't hurt yourself. The very don't be a dick. The very <laughs> end when he meets his daughter, only because she was like we established incredibly frightened. He looked like hell, and it didn't make any sense given what he was trying to set up for her for all these years for it to end up like that. We have kids. Yes, we you do. know that Monica, Monica Parter's character, like before the meeting, like they're driving there, and she's like, "Okay, look." You have to hug him. Like, there's no choice. <laughs> this is our life we're, we're, we're talking about. We've been waiting for Whatever he for gives you, just accept it and smile. <laughs> Let's do this. That's No, you know mom. You but can't you know make what? me. That's a very 90s parent sort of thing. Today's parent is like, this is your body, sweetheart. If you don't feel like hugging him, then you don't have to hug him. You just say, no, thank you. I don't like to give hugs unless I give my explicit cons- consent. Okay? That's not. As it should be, by the way. 2016 parenting. Mic drop. What? And so, but she's basically like, ugh. Like, ugh. Get away from me. Oh, Like side hug. Side hug? Like, yeah, side hug. Oh, boy. You know what my favorite scene is? Yes, what? Um, it's the, the, um, the climax scene for our, uh, our character. Which explosion Gar- are you talking about? Gar- Garland, Garland Green. Is it oh, Garland okay. Green? Yeah, Garland Green. Steve Buscemi. Yes. The whole they're in this uh, town in the middle of nowhere that has a bunch of trailers that apparently no one lives in, um, and there's this uh, pool with no water in it that this girl was playing with her dolls basically and having a tea party. Oh and my God, you're Steve, right. Steve Buscemi and Garland Green is like, hey, what's going on? <laughs> I was racking my brain. I couldn't remember what you were talking about. And then all of a sudden I had it. I'm a serial murderer, by the way. Just got off Con Air. We're taking a break. That creeped me out. I thought I was like, he's going to do something to her. What is he going to do to her? This is going to be terrible. It's like the weirdest way to like ratchet up tension. It's like, is he going to rape and kill her or not? Yes. Yes. Wait, they're having a tea party. Is he gonna and now in retrospect, her? one could say that was like his turning point to want to live a normal life. And that's how he ended up in the casino at the end. 
Well, not only was I thinking, like, is he going to rape and kill her? I was like, where did she come from? Like, where are that her too. parents? I was like, I don't understand. Like, like Carson going City, on? you're a weird, wonderful place, but where are your parents? She's like, uh, she must be orphaned out in the middle of nowhere. I would not want to live in Nevada. Was that Nevada? I didn't even know where we were. Carson City. Oh, it was Carson City. Yeah. Dummy. I'm a dummy. So anyway, that whole scene, I was like, okay, this is crazy. <laughs> and, and that the whole, what to come out of that scene is that he sings, he's got the whole world in his hands on the plane as they're Rock crashing. Amazing. In his hands. How do I breathe without you? Whoa. Who sang that? Trisha Yearwood? No. Um, Leanne Rhymes? Yes. You said Trisha. I was like, no, she hasn't been around for a million years. A million years? Just about. Sorry, Trisha Yearwood. You're great. Don't change. So, actors good. Action good. Explosions, lots. <laughs> Dialogue good. Writing good. The explosions were the there's like an explosion, and on top of that explosion, another explosion comes, basically. Basically. <laughs> You kind of forgot how they even got there. The Russian, the Russian nesting dolls of explosions. Like, yes. I also kind of appreciated that this was one of those movies. And same thing in Roadhouse, where when um, the sound effects department did the sound of gunshots, it actually sounded like pew, pew, back then, as opposed to how it sounds now. Wait, what, what does it sound like? Pew, pew. That does not sound like a gunshot. <laughs> Would you like me to do my lightsaber impression? <laughs> sounds like here? A, 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 a laser gun or something. Pew 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 pew. We're really good at this. Oh, anything else on Con Air? What would be your final grade of Con Air? Were you glad you saw it? Yeah, did I give it change it, your life? It didn't change my life, but I give it a solid B. Solid B. How yes. would you rate it against the the other other two Face Off and The Rock? How would um, your how would your ranking go? It's it would probably go face off, con air, the rock. Okay. And you? Definitely face off. It's like way it's yeah, up it's, there. there's no comparison. And I think uh, the rock and con air are kind of like on the same They're level. on the same plane. It depends on like how you feel that day, basically. <laughs> okay. Um but yeah. I guess for, it, for me B, B plus at least for me. Do you me. know what for me, Con Air versus The Rock comes down to? Whether I'm more in the mood for Malkovich or Sean Connery. Because Nick Cage is the same. <laughs> so it's like, who's the secondary character and which one am I more interested in? For me, the answer is almost unilaterally Malkovich. So like he's crazier in The Rock. He's got shorter hair, but he's crazier in The Rock. This one, he's like Southern, with like long hair and He just wants to get to his Trisha. Give, take, the, get, take the bunny. Don't, don't take the bunny. Not the bunny. <laughs> let's talk about roadhouse roadhouse holy crap double deuce double deuce roadhouse okay so you're gonna have to school me on something real quick is this a well-known movie or yes oh it is yes oh because like i said i've never heard of it before of course you haven't you're kimmy schmidt <laughs> i am just, not kimmy schmidt come out of the bunker <laughs> <laughs> That's what this whole podcast is about. No, I know, but there are many movies that I know I haven't seen, but at least have heard of them. So we're talking about Nick Cage and his r- amazing run. He had Leaving Las Vegas, The Rock, Con Air, Face Off. It's a pretty good run. Yes. Patrick Swayze had a pretty good run as well. He had Dirty Dancing. Rest his soul. Dirt, R- 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 Dirty Dancing, 
Ghost, Roadhouse, and Point Break. Were those all in like the same little span of time? Like late eighties. Huh. That's pretty fucking awesome. Like good for Swayze. I mean, let's be honest. He's easy on the eyes. He's a decent actor. He delivers lines well. Let's just cut straight to the chase, Chrissy. Yes. Rate Patrick Swayze's buttocks. Oh my god. Chrissy, if you've listened to this podcast before, Chrissy uh, falls asleep a lot, doesn't pay attention. <laughs> she totally spaced out on the naked Patrick Swayze butt shot in Roadhouse. And I was like, whoa. And I rewinded Pause. it for her. This is what good husband Justin is. He's like, you missed it. And I'm like, what do you mean? What did I miss? I was out for like a hot second. And you were like, exactly. And then you like rewound it and went, okay. You're welcome. And then played the clip. This is, this is all it takes. Basically. And. Well, Justin, you know my predilection for dimples in the butt. And he had the butt dimples. So I'm on board. I think you got a little excited there. What, I, what did I have like cartoon hearts coming from my eyes? Like, hubba, hubba. I became a bit moji for a hot You're second. Like, uh, uh. Hold on. I'm sorry. I became a character in Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> like the teacher. <laughs> I don't know what you just did there. It was pretty amazing, whatever it was. But apparently I died. <laughs> Is that the sound you make when you die? Well, it sounded like it. Oh, my God. One more thing about Comic-Con. I, f- I mean, not Comic-Con. Comic-Con. <laughs> Con Air, I forgot to say. Yeah. It's because this came up when I was looking on the IMDb page. And I was like, you heard me say, oh, this is the um, the girl that played uh, the the daughter who was disgusted by the baby rabbit. What <laughs> boobs? Yeah, her IMDb picture has. How would you describe that? I would say she is sultry and she's making come hither eyes at the camera, but not come hither like let's have sex. It's like come hither so I might. Like kill you. Her la- her name you. is Landry Albright. Yeah, she was born in August first, nineteen eighty nine. Tomorrow is her birthday. Happy birthday, Landy Albright. We should we should. This is in honor of Landy Albright. It, it is. It's also our daughter's birthday. And her so it's IMDb kinda cool. uh, picture shoot that she chose. So maybe Brooklyn will grow up and she'll be like this chick. She'll be. Anyway, sultry, I was very surprised like, by that. Made me feel very people. old. She's showing her her you know assets her assets off. Anyway, back to Roadhouse. Roadhouse. I love Roadhouse. Speaking of assets. <laughs> I just I just smacked the pillow. Yeah, I did. love Roadhouse. What do you love about Roadhouse? It is always a pleasure to watch. Like every like, it's one of those movies where if I see it on TV, I can't stop seeing it. That's what I, I said about face off. Watch it. Well, yes, face off similar way, yeah. Okay. I think this is one of the movies where uh, I obviously didn't see it when it was out in the theaters because I didn't go see Roadhouse when I was nine. <laughs> but it, I kind of s- on on the sneak saw it as a VHS tape in the early nineties. Okay, and I was like, "Whoa!" Which when you this saw movie it, movie is crazy. Being that you probably stuck in the early nineties and you were still only eleven or twelve, did you see this and think like, "This is how bars really are"? Like, this is how. It oh is. yeah, I was like. Uh, sign me up. Like, where are parts like this? Shut up. No, there, no, no way. Okay. I was like, this is crazy. Where are bars like this? <laughs> the, 
there is con there is a constant uh you know chance that you might be murdered at this bar you're either going to be murdered or you're going to have some like hot like quick sex in the back room and then you'll still have to do your own stitches when it's all over because you're going to get hit with like a flying piece of glass or something bad well that's if you're the best of the best yeah. but if you're like regular joe schmo you're you have to go to the hospital and you're out of commission for like right. a week can we talk about like how west side story by the way that this whole thing is because they're so obsessed with knives Everybody oh, has a shank. Literally this is, everybody. This is like knife town. Like <laughs> you're just like giving them out like you know at the hospital. Like you're yeah. born, you get this large crocodile dundee like knife. Yeah. Save it. You might need it. You go to Walmart, you, you go to like the dispenser at the end, and for twenty five cents you get a gumball, but for fifty you get a shank. <laughs> you voted here instead of a sticker. A, a large knife. <laughs> Some of them were so large. And I was like, wait, you're meaning to tell me that you had that in your pants? Like, that's possible? They were, like, comically large. And, like, 90% of the time it was a knife. Sometimes it was a gun. But it Once wasn't, a like, while. a big gun. It was, no. like, like, a... Like a revolver. A very small, like, so, tuck-in-your-boot gun. So Patrick Swayze has been tasked with cleaning up this bar in just outside of uh, Kansas City. Similar... So... I mean, I didn't plan this, but similar similar to Con Air, the whole basis for how this movie starts is just so strange and doesn't really make sense. None. So at the start of this movie, uh, Patrick Swayze, he's a cooler. Which, which, by the way, I was like, is that like a bouncer? It's it's like the ultimate bouncer, basically. It's like the Zen bouncer, like the, the, the you know, king of the bouncers, basically. Okay, king of the bouncers, got it. Um, so at the start of this movie, he is a badass who um, is king of the bouncers at a bar in New York. No, oh, in, the, in that particular bar? No, I think it was L.A. New York. A large city. Yeah. And he is so – this is a, a very nice bar. He's like – he has several people underneath him where if someone gets in the fight, he just has to point at them and he's like, take them away. Yeah. They're like his underlings, basically. Exactly. So he's got a pretty cushy – at the start. Yeah, except for that fight that he has where he ends up having to stitch himself in the back room. That went well. Well, you know. Let I mean, him, you lose some. If, if, <laughs> if you compare it to what, what comes later. So he leaves. He's at this really cushy position and this random ass dude is like, hey, man, I've got this place in Jasper, Missouri <laughs> that you're, I need your help. I need you to turn it around. It's a shithole. You know, I'm going to pay you $5,000 bonus. $500 a night. Will you do it? And it's like, he doesn't even blink. He's like, yes. He's yes. like, yes. I'm on medical and I'm on board. Why? Why? I want to answer why, Chrissy. I, I mean, I'm guessing it's because he spends his spare time ripping people's throats out. Like, to, that, that no, to him Chrissy, that's in money. his past. Don't bring up, don't bring up the dark places. Apparently, I don't bring up the dark places. <laughs> But, but I mean, who does it again? Imagine having throat ripping PTSD where everywhere you walk, like you're at Walmart and you're just like, I just want to rip that fucker's throat. He's like, no, no, no. No. Resist the urge. He's like, his his hand starts to like, just like gravitate towards. the last lemon pepper chicken in the rotisserie thing. I'm going to rip his throat out. I don't know. If I had throat ripping PTSD and I had this cushy job in New York or LA or whatever, I would not take in this job to work at Podunk Roadhouse in Jasper, But Missouri. also, that was a lot of money back then. Like, we're hearing those figures now being like, meh. But, you know, think about it back when you... had you- to be making a good chunk of change in, you know, LA or New York. Though. True. 
But we're talking about whatever it was, 1980-something. And he's he's getting a $5,000 up front, and then he's getting 500 a night, plus his medical bills paid. That's not bad. But it doesn't... I mean, I don't know if you guys have seen Roadhouse, but it doesn't seem like his character of Dalton really wants for money. It doesn't seem like his... like this. Yeah, is, no, it doesn't seem like that's like his thing in life. It's for the love of the game, I guess. That's true. That's why he rents a place with no So overall, what did, were you surprised by Roadhouse? Did you like it? What, what was going on in your head? I was surprised by how much I liked it. Um, and, and I think it has something to do with... I, you know, I, there's there's like a certain you don't like roads or houses. Uh, clearly, put them together. Um, I I rooted for for Patrick Swayze in a way that I didn't think that I would. Again, coming from my teenage Alita self of this movie, where I'm like, ugh, drunk people in bars having fights. Can't wait to see this movie. But but he had this quiet Tai Chi Zen about him, and then he would literally rip people's throats out. So the juxtaposition of that. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. It was interesting because it was always like, when is he going to snap? When is enough enough? Because he always says, somebody even asked him, they're like, so you, you're nice and you're, you're nice and you're nice, but like, when do you know when to not be nice? And he's like, you don't. Like, I'll tell you when. And that was kind of, a, I think, a bigger uh, I don't know, philosophy for the entire thing. You're like, okay, when's he going to lose it? So the whole time you're wondering when is he going to lose it? So that's this is the speech you were referencing where he basically gives, he's giving a speech to all the people working at the at the, the new bar. roadhouse yeah. of how to, you know, how to work things and stuff. Right. Apparently the NYPD was showing that clip from roadhouse when they were shut up. Is this real life? Trained. So the NYPD used that scene for training, um, for how to deal with no effing way. Yes. That's just crazy to me. That's how famous Roadhouse is. Clearly incredibly famous. Roadhouse, amazing movie, came out in 1989. Um, it is a, it's basically a Western. This guy, you know. You're right, it is a Western, but rumble, it's, not, it's disguised. Rumbles into town, podunk. Everybody knows who he is. Like, everybody yeah, knows who he is. They're like, oh. It's Dalton. Dalton. I know who you are. And I'm sitting over here, I'm like, B. Dalton? Like the bookstore? I think his name is, it's his last name is Dalton. I forget what his first name is. It almost doesn't matter. You don't need one. You're Dalton. Yeah, basically. It's like Madonna. Um, He buys himself a schlocky car because he... Apparently knew that it was going to get all screwed up. Puts his, like, what was that a BMW or Mercedes in? It, at the end, it was a Mercedes. Well, that was in, uh, he, that was his original car. Yeah. And then he just like he's like, oh, I'll put that in the garage and, and buy oh it. yeah yeah, and then get the shitty car, buy a dump. My favorite thing, one of my favorite things about this movie is, and this shows that he doesn't really care about money that much. Is he gets himself like a, a barn air uh, Airbnb? Like, a, yeah, what the hell is that? And the guy even knows he's like, so there's no air conditioning and no TV and no radio, and you still want to rent it, right? Right? Why? For how much? It's like. It's like a hundred or two hundred or something. Hundred like hundred like a month. I was like, damn, like inflation, that's that's a lot of money for a barn. Like you're basically a living room. in a barn. Yeah. A room in a barn. That's crazy. Not even the whole barn, just a room. He was like, Did you see the room? And I'm like, it's just one room. And not only that, you're in a barn, um, like basically a across a uh lake. 
from yes. the big bad guy. Like he's great Gatsby, basically. Oh, you made a, a great Gatsby reference at one point. And I got very excited thinking, ooh, this is going to be that movie. But it wasn't. Ben Gazzara. Yes. Gazzara. Uh, what, oh, what's this character's name? Brad Wesley? Brad Wesley. Oh, Great bad guy name. I'm sorry. What a wasp. Have you, have you ever heard of a waspier name than Brad Wesley? He's a, he's a great bad guy because the first time that you see him and the movies like trying to explain how bad he is, he's driving his car uh, with the top down, just like all oh, over yeah. the and road. He's not even staying in one lane. He's just like over here. No, over there. No, over there. Why? Because I'm a badass. Well, you got Hans Gruber. Look how I drive with yeah. no, you know, no, no regard respect for, human life. for anyone on the road. Nope. Nope. He also hands that one guy his ass, one of his employees, when he talks about... Um, hands know, him his ass? Well, I mean, like he beats the crap out of him. <laughs> so there's that. This old guy throws down like he's in the mafia. I mean, he, he comes off as a very angry man. I mean, he beats up his uh, athletic girl toy friend or whatever beats yeah. her face in. Yeah, I'm not surprised. When you said hands is hands him his ass, I thought of his he the bad guy has lots of underlings that yes. just like show up everywhere. Henchmen. Like that's all they do is they just show up to cause trouble and stuff. Right. And then he gets mad when it's not like just the right amount of trouble. He's like, So let me get this straight. Like you did this, you did that, you did th- but you didn't do this. Kick you in the nuts. Yeah, and then he really goes for broke. A lot of people get kicked Except, in the Except you know who he keeps letting off the hook? What? Guy in the suspenders who was so big he needed the suspenders to hold his stomach up. That guy. That guy. He always got off easy. Even at the end, at the big final like blowout scene, like at the end, he they the cops are like, Okay, Joe Schmo, what happened? And he's like, like A polar bear fell on me. Yes. <laughs> of all things to say, by the way. Not a good excuse when the cops show up. I'm gonna use that forever. If I if I ever get caught for anything, a speeding ticket, and these gonna be like Ma'am, do you know how fast you're going? A polar bear fell on me. And let's see what they say. Do you know what this movie is not? Um, it's not an anti-smoking PSA. <laughs> yeah, no. Definitely not. Patrick Swayze is constantly smoking cigarettes. He's a chain smoker. And for the fact, the simple fact that he died of pancreatic cancer... I almost it's almost like faces of death watching this movie. Oh, <laughs> like he is true. smoking again. So holy you, crap. It's funny that you say that because there were several scenes. I didn't feel the way literally every time he light he lit up, but there were many times where I did. Where I'm like, oh, and to know that he died of cancer makes it sadder that he's smoking right now. He's in a barn surrounded by hay. This does not seem seems like safe. the Hindenburg. Seems like <laughs> Don't do it. Don't even light a match. It's- Doesn't he know that there's been like seven explosions already in this town? I would not move for the. I would not move to this town because you know there's so is? many explosions. Patrick Swayze in this movie is like a honey badger. Honey badger don't care. Honey badger don't give a fuck. Honey badger just does, does what honey badger wants to do. Oh, imagine if he didn't have his like tai chi type zen thing. He has his uh, throat rip- ripping PTSD. He would just like going crazy if he didn't have. You know the Tai Chi to fall back on his sweatpants, sweatpants by the river Tai Chi thing going on. I think that's true. It's crazy. Yep. Um, but yeah, he smoked throughout this movie. He worked at bars, but he never drank no, booze. He only he drank coffee, black coffee every. So time. he was hopped up on cigarettes and coffee, but still keeping it zen. Yes, that doesn't make sense. It does. It, everything balances out. 
So not so there was a curse on the other movie. There was a curse on this movie as well because Patrick Swayze died of pancreatic cancer. Yes. Bad guy Ben Gazzara died of pancreatic cancer. Wait, they both died of pancreatic cancer? Yep. Oh, Jeff Healy, who was the, the singer in the band, died of lung cancer. Oh, he's dead too? The blind guy? Yeah. Here's your question. Was he actually blind in real life? Yeah, Jeff Healy, man. You never heard of Jeff Healy, man? No. Girl, you're looking fine tonight. You never heard that song? No. Angel Eyes? I'm sorry. I feel like Angel Eyes. YouTube that. It's a great song. The name sounds familiar of Angel Eyes. Every guy's got you in. I can't tell what you're singing. Anyway, I thought that was pretty weird. A lot of a lot of people. It's, it's all the smoking. I mean, apparently, I was going to say there is. You you ask yourself, you know, is this, is this a correlation or is it a coincidence? And I'm always on the fence with the, when it comes to stuff like that. Conspiracy theory or no conspiracy? So theory? let's get to one thing that I know I liked, but Chrissy did not. Okay. Yes. And that was the character of Doctor Hot Stuff, played by Kelly Lynch. Oh, Kelly Lynch. She's okay. Like I don't dislike her. Don't don't thought, backpedal on your. I'm not on backpedaling. Your I, oh, it's not hate. At one point, I said, "Don't you're you supposed think- to stick up for women, Chris?" And you were just like bringing her down. Oh, what did you say? On. I made a comment about her features being somewhat masculine. You said he looked. She looked like a man. No, you are putting a words man in my horse. mouth. Horse. I. Excuse above me. A barn. That is not what I said at all. Now you're just lying to the public. It is a lie, but you did say she looked like a man. I didn't say she looks like a man. I said her features are a little masculine, and then you said <gasps> she's saying she looks like a man, and like you took it there. Hundred percent, and then every time she came on screen from there after, you wouldn't let her live it down. We watched cocktail for the podcast. I don't think you liked her in that either. So I think you have some kind of beef. I don't think I have beef. I just think I'm not like a raging fan. Did you did you uh, believe number one she was a doctor? (laughs) Number two that she would be a a doctor who would fall in love with Dalton. I only believe she was a doctor when she had her French braid and her spectacles in. And then she took them out and I was like, mm, I don't know. No? Less so. Very she's all that. Like, for, first time you see her, you're like, okay. Like, right. Like, you know, whatever. Right. And then Cute. she comes, she's like dressed in the um, the picnic table dress. Yes. <laughs> she did look like a picnic table she, when she walked in. And she's... A hot picnic table. She wants it. Clearly, clearly wants it. Although what do you not, think it was about him, I guess his like Zen. I mean, let's be honest. It's probably a small town. It looked like it was a small town. She doesn't have lots of options. I, look, again, look at the people who frequent the bar. It's a bunch of crazy ass losers who like to hit each other. You think she goes to that bar? No. Why but that's would just you it. go to that bar? That's the thing. I don't understand. In the first iteration of the bar, when like he first gets there to see what he has to work with, literally people are getting in a fight every five seconds. Yes. You're like people paid to come here. Yeah, yeah I don't understand. How There's has a people? Screen above how are the people band. not like dying every week? And how is this place still open? Yeah. Other than the fact that you never see cops in this town at all, no, ever, ever, ever. They've run the town themselves until apparently a really rich guy gets murdered at the, the end, like, and then they show up. You want to tell me what happened? You don't see no. cops ever. No, and I'm just and like, the, why would way, people go to this bar? When the cops do show up, by the way, at that climactic scene that you're talking about and say what happened, they take no for an answer real easily. They're like, everyone goes, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. The cop's like, well, I'm satisfied. Nobody knows. Thanks. Like, thanks for doing your job. Good job. Um. Yeah, I would not. 
Okay. But yeah, back to the point of Kelly, like it's a small town, slim pickings. Everybody's going to the shitty ass bar where they get both drunk and apparently beaten up every single night. So I'm sure when some guy comes in and he's relatively good looking and like doesn't engage in the way that these other schmoes do, like there's something appealing about that. A foot, a good foot shorter than she is. I mean, yes, but what are you going to do? She's tall. She's real tall. In the back of you're like, she looks like a man. <laughs> you said it. He lives me. in a barn. Yep. And? <laughs> and on the second date, she's like, he he plays some, uh, some Otis Redding, and all of a sudden, it's business time, apparently. Oh, yeah, it was. Not only business time, but against the rock fireplace of the barn business time. Yeah, and I was like, this looks terribly uncomfortable. With, with without a condom, no less. I thought that too. It's funny you say that. She didn't have any. I didn't have any panties. No underwear. And I thought, isn't this like the late eighties, early nineties? Aren't we supposed to be worried about AIDS right now? Because I'm worried about AIDS, and you just had unprotected sex against some sort of she like stone. Ju- thing. She just met him, and he's a bouncer at the worst bar in town. Yeah, yeah. Good choices. And she's a doctor. Good choices. A doctor. Yeah. Like what kind of doctor? The, the kind of doctor she had an ER doctor that stitches up people and she looks at X rays all day. Evidently. My is when that one scene where she's like the X rays are in motion, like it's like a conveyor belt of oh. X rays yeah, yeah, yeah. around everywhere. And she's like trying to look at them. <gasps> so IMDB, just because we're on that subject, said that Kelly Lynch spent a month in a real ER preparing for this. Shut up. She's like so method. Are you serious? Oh my God. You're laughing so hard that you have to be serious. Like you can't even catch your breath. That's pretty funny. I don't even know what to say. A whole month. Did Patrick Swayze spend a month doing a whole method month. research on this role as well? You know that people, like, she was around the hospital for an entire month sticking around watching. Then people saw this movie and were like, whoa. What so happened? Pretend to stitch Patrick Swayze in one scene. What happened? Unreal. So anyway, I like Doctor Hot stuff, you know, especially the rock fireplace scene. But Chrissy was well, not on board. Eh, it was fine. I just wasn't like shipping for them. No. No, not really. I'm happy that they're happy. Like I'm happy for y'all that you can finish. But I'm happy that you're happy. Eh. Have sex and then, uh, you know, go out on the the roof. And I actually thought it would just been more interesting for him to be on his own, like rather than have have to have a love interest. I didn't see the need to have a love interest in this movie. You want him to like spread like spread it around, spread the seed around. No, I didn't want to be with anybody. Be like, like his his employer that he fired when he caught him, uh, you know, screwing some oh, with that girl underage chick in the back room. Gross, gross. But my thing is, like, I really didn't think he needed to be with any, anybody. I thought his story was compelling enough and he was interesting enough, like, on his own. I felt the love interest just was kind of unnecessary. You thought his main love interest was uh, with Sam Elliott, his yes, friend. Yes, his BFF. His friend. I actually thought of that, too. Once, once Sam Elliott came, especially, like, not on the phone, but, like, came in person, I was like, oh, this is the real bromance that's happening. Like, this. So you see Kelly Lynch, Patrick Swayze, amazing hair going on lots of hairspray and then of all hair. of a sudden sam elliott comes in and you're like oh poor Stop, homeless looking wait. sam elliott his hair he had some pretty bad pretty bad yes why i, I don't know long yeah i know it was luscious long. i don't know if i'll call it luscious no no 
Damn, Chris. Long and a little unkempt. I just like kept looking here. I mean, compared to Nicolas Cage and Con Air, it was There's, I mean, there is a nice. comparison. Nicolas Cage looked like he hadn't been fed or, or slept in, in six months. So not only do you see Patrick Swayze's butt in this movie, you also see his bo- so his, much boobs. His, oh my god, lots of boobs. I, I lost. And now. as like a eleven or twelve year old, when I first saw this, no movie, wonder you love this. I was movie. like. I'm on board. Okay, we figured it out, people. This I'm is why, on board. This is why Justin wants this played when he has In dementia. movie, rewind, watch again. When we get <laughs> to his octogenarian years and he has dementias, uh, dementias, dementias, dementia, and he's in the hospital and he wants us to play this in Con Air, now we know why. Well, this is good because it's not like um, you're you're trying to sneak a movie like, hey, mom, mom, dad, I'm going to watch nine and a half weeks. And they're like, no, you aren't. Ha. No, you're like, I'm watching Roadhouse. And like, oh, okay, yeah, Patrick Swayze. You don't think that's, you know, there's going to be boobs all over the place. You don't think that, that there's going to be one scene where the bad guy brings all his cronies in, brings his, uh, his girlfriend, is like, hey, babe, why don't you get up on stage and do a very awkward striptease dance? Yeah, clearly that's what we do here. Because that happened in this movie. I know. Not only that, that woman, the actress, did the most awkward dancing with a chair scene I've ever seen. Well, you know, not everybody's gifted about. So lots of boobs. Yes. But like giant breasts. Some of them were giant. Some of them were natch. Like overstuffed. The eighties. That was, it's funny. I actually thought of this and I thought this is not like fun to talk about on the podcast, but I'm interested in nonetheless. When I was looking at Patrick Swayze do Tai Chi and this relates to the boobs thing, the standard of beauty of the 1980s and how it evolves over time. Like, you know, back then we all talked about how in the 50s it was, you know, a different look completely in terms of what was pretty and Marilyn-esque. And now, like, and then it was, like, all about very long legs with you couldn't have a centimeter of cellulite and, like, just big round boobs and big hair. Like, like that was the look. Like, it was like globes. Yes. That, that was the look. No globes and tan and with guys it was the same thing like i noticed he had like this uh he was shaped almost like an an a v <laughs> from the shoulders how they went down to his torso to his waist and then you know he went out um a, a little bit further for his hips but i was like this is exactly like this is the male standard of beauty from the 80s anyway i'm getting too deep here but it was something i thought of as i was watching i was like oh look at the male standard of beauty versus the female standard of beauty and who film criticism I'm done now being a nerd Let's talk more about Patrick Swayze's butt. Okay. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Dimples. Patrick Swayze has a very frightening uh, belly button. I didn't even notice his belly button. It's one of those like Audis that kind of looks like uh, when you tie a, a balloon and the oh. extra part is like just like flapping in the wind. <laughs> yeah. It's like. That's kind of gross. Boop, 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 boop. It's, I'm sorry to anybody out there who has, who has a belly button like that, but I'm, yeah, kind of like, like, Don't show me that. Like, I'd rather see his butt again and I'm heterosexual <laughs> than look at his nasty old belly button. True. But, uh, okay, so he turns the bar around, though. Like, what? For all of the strife, all of the belly button showing, all of the getting shanked, all of the the love interest gone awry. Like, well, that's because he got the, you know, the the miscreants the the bad guys that he that would skim off the top and fuck underage girls in the back he fired those people he got rid of them 
this is like bar rescue extreme. He's like, that's what you said. She's like, that was the I mean, longest really episode of bar rescue I've ever seen. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> he like turned around the bar, and then by the end, people were waiting out the at the wazoo to get inside. But that's the thing about this movie. It wasn't as simple as bar rescue. Like as as the bar got better. Um, more explosions everywhere started happening. New problems. The bad guy's like, okay, well, I have a lot of money. I'm going to start exploding things across town. I'm going to start murdering your friends. Yeah, that was I'm, bad. I'm going to start taking our monster truck and just randomly going riding around a, a, a car lot. Yeah, that you was know? amazing, by the way. That was a good scene. <laughs> so, happened. I was like, what in the hell is happening? That's what I love about this movie. It was not definitely not cut. It was like Con Air. It was not subtle at all. Nope. It, <laughs> Hit you over the head with it several times. Um, we talked about the must. There's a uh, there's a guy. So Bengazera has several under cronies, I guess you would call them. True. But his main under crony is the one who has the uh, fight scene with Patrick Swayze at the end. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. By the by the water where it's like, you know, it's like 10 minutes long almost it is a long one this is the guy who famously uh says the line uh i used to fuck guys like you in prison oh yeah which if you were patrick swayze fighting this guy would kind of cause you to pause and think about what he just said my favorite part though was not just that he said that was justin's reaction we're watching it on the couch and then you hear my you know this is just like you fucking like guys like you in prison or whatever he says verbatim i can't remember it doesn't like go oh <laughs> Oh, burn! Like off to the side. He was like cheerleading and hazing against this guy. It was amazing. Cheerleading and hazing. Yes, like on one hand you loved it, on the other hand you're like, well, that's "Whoa, not, that's bad." I mean, let's face facts. That's not something you think somebody would say in the middle of a fight. I guess not. That would, you know. <laughs> and yet, and now I'm back to politics. I'm like, yeah, it sounds like it's like Donald a Street Fighter where you get the guy gets punched like enough times and there's stars above their head. Yeah, that you're like, "Whoa, what happened?" That's pretty much that point. Yes, of the movie. that's exactly it. Um. Anyway, what else? Did you like so in comparison to Con Air? What did you think about this? I don't know. I I go back and forth. On one hand, I think I I almost preferred this one just because um, I laughed more and I, I like to laugh. <laughs> so as simple as that sounds, like sometimes simplicity wins, and for me that there's that. Uh, on the other hand, I think Con Air is a better movie. So I'm torn by knowing what's better objectively and subjectively enjoying Roadhouse more. And you? Um, Roadhouse had more boobs, so I like Roadhouse more. Ah, uh, there you go. <laughs> boobs win. <laughs> no, I think I just have, like, there's more nostalgia involved. Um, I mean, there's eight more years that uh, you Roadhouse on. One. Yeah, like I could, and you were such a product. I could of the 80s. soak in it longer, you know, yeah. marinate hmm, in, in the roadhouseness of this movie a little bit longer. I will say there were many many points there where I was like, God, remind me never to visit small towns in the south. Or like, why would anybody choose to live there? And my elitist self came back, and I'm like, I, this is this is terrible. Why would you want to live there, Chrissy? I'm just going to tell you now. If someone offers me five thousand dollar bonus and five hundred dollars a night to turn around their bar, even though I'm not. A bouncer in the least, I have to say yes. I'm and not we surprised. have to move our entire family. And no, 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 you're on your own. At one point when I was like, why would anybody live here? You were like, home cooked food. <laughs> no, they went to a restaurant in the middle of the movie and uh, on like the outside, outside light, it said home home cooked meal. 
I guess so. That's all it takes for you. You're like, oh, a home cooked meal. <laughs> I'm I'm there. I'm on board. Feed me. I am a happy person. True. Anyway, so what would be your final grade for for Roadhouse? Also a B. Also Strong B. B. Yeah. Okay. B's for different reasons, but yes. Both these movies are like B pluses for me. Okay, fair enough. Do you know that they made a sequel to this movie? No. Shut yes. up. Yes. With Patrick Swayze? They tried to make it with Patrick Swayze. Apparently, he did not want to do it. Well. So instead, they went ultra low budget and had uh, someone play his son who was growing up. Shut up. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Jonathan, what's the guy from That Thing You Do? Oh, I don't know. But I was hoping it was going to be Jonathan Taylor Thomas. It was Jonathan Taylor Thomas. <laughs> that sounds like an amazing movie. I mean, it, he could be Patrick Swayze's son. Could be. Good really? Guy. Tai Chi. Tai Chi. Um, but now they're actually doing uh, another remake or reboot with Ronda Rousey. Oh, okay. I'm, I don't feel like seeing that movie. You don't want to see that movie? No. No? No. Not down with... Nah, this was good. I'm good. Like how? Why bes- besmirch the 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 original the OG Roadhouse? We shall not besmirch all that is Roadhouse. Anyway, I love both these movies. Yes, you do. I'm glad that you watched them. Thank you for making me watch them. Um, lots of explosions. Boom. Um, Chakalaka. And then you know, hopefully, we can have more explosions and action for our next episode. More polls on Twitter. We'll do whatever you say. More than twenty nine percent of you. What? I said we'll do whatever they say. Don't don't, don't make Uh-oh. promises oh, you can't keep, Uh-oh. Chrissy. Justin's getting mad at me for making promises to the Twitter folk. Anyway, where can you find us? At Movie Geek Cast on Twitter, or on Facebook at So I Married a Movie Geek, or on Snapchat at. Movie Geek Cast. <laughs> our hop and Snapchat. <laughs> Brooklyn controls our Snapchat. It's pretty great. Why do you let our daughter control our Snapchat? I didn't do it on purpose. She figured out how to use it and she does it better than me. So she curates Snapchat. It doesn't speak well of you and your Snapchat skills. Well. Anyway, uh, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, any suggestions to us up on Twitter or Facebook? Not. Oh, well. Oh, well. I guess we'll see you next time. Yeah.